Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Autism One, a conversation of hope. Brought to you by Enzymedica with host Terry Aranga and Kristen Selby Gonzalez. All comments, views, and opinions expressed are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. In the next hour, Terry and her guest illuminate how right now there is more reason than ever for individuals with autism spectrum disorders and their families to have the best hope for the brightest future. Through education and conversation, there is hope. Here are your hosts, Terry and Kristen. Welcome to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel and this program, Autism One, A Conversation of Hope, for Tuesday, May 3rd. I'm Terry Arango with my guest, Amber Clements, mom to Caden and an assistive technology specialist with Dynamic Therapy Solutions. Our topic today, Our Children Get Better. Welcome, Amber. Well, thank you for having me, Terry. Amber, what was Caden's early childhood like before his regression into autism? Oh, Caden was born a perfect baby. Um, you know, he was he was the perfect weight and and size, and he he began reaching all of his milestones. You know, holding up his head, sitting upright, crawling, walking. The first year was was perfect, really, and uh, it wasn't until um, you know his diagnosis. When he re- well, when he regressed and was officially diagnosed, and I started looking back upon his medical records and started to see some of the signs uh, that he had actually had some reactions to vaccinations and um, followed by sick baby visits within days of vaccines. And I didn't put it together at the time, uh, like I said, until few years after the, the diagnosis and I knew my rights and, and uh, I had requested all of his medical records. And upon looking back now, I see that there was a trend that each time he had been vaccinated, there were multiple visits within days uh, as a sick child. And uh, he was diagnosed with pertussis, the whooping cough, within days of being vaccinated, uh, just after his four-month DTAP. And we were quarantined, and the health department showed up at our home, and uh, the doctors didn't tell us, you know, even though we had questioned it within days. I had a girlfriend whose mom said, you, you need to take him in and have him tested for, for pertussis. That cough is the whooping cough. So I took him in, and I told the doctor, you know, this is our concerns, and you need to do blood tests, you need to x-ray his lungs. However you test, this is what we believe it is. 
And sure enough, it was actually the health department that showed up at our door later that day and said that he had, uh, he had tested positive for pertussis and abnormally high levels in his blood. And they, you know, blocked off our house with yellow tape, and it was just like, oh, my goodness. So here we couldn't leave, and we couldn't have anybody come in for two weeks. And that's really where, where it began when I look back is, you know, the sick, the, the sick baby. You know, um, here we thought he was making all this progress, and he was reaching milestones, although he was getting sick often. And like I said, it wasn't until looking at his medical records that those times of illness were linked to time, time frames of, of vaccinations or rounds of antibiotics. And uh, about a year old, he was diagnosed with asthma, and they had him on a nibulator, and we, we would have him on bre- breathing treatments uh, almost every night. And then when our diagnosis came, I, I started to, to research, and we found, we found treatments that families were saying were helping. So we decided that after about a year of, of researching and a year of tantrums and behaviors and bad notes from teachers and um, that we had decided we were going to start with a gluten-free, casein-free diet. That well, was how, like, old, how old was he when he started to regress, Amber, and how old was he when he had his diagnosis? He was about 18 months old when he began regressing, and it was right around that time we noticed he was getting sicker and he was hospitalized for an infection, and he had been on antibiotics uh, through an IV for about three days straight. And it was like after that hospital visit, um, just about all the lights went out. It, it, was, it was almost a different child that we brought home. He didn't make eye contact at all any longer. His uh, self-interest behaviors increased. Any social skills that he had had completely depleted. There, were, there was no interest any longer for him to interact with others around him other than um, negatively. And um, was the pertussis vaccine at four months old the only one that you had seen uh, an adverse reaction from? You know, at the time, I had, I, like I said, I didn't put it together. It wasn't until later that I knew my rights as a parent and I was able to request all of his medical records. And after I had requested those records and went through page by page, I started to see a trend that with each visit, there was, it was followed by a sick baby visit mm. with diarrhea, fever, vomiting. And this was all um, just, you know, it, it was, seemed like it was typical. You know, this is how I was made to feel by the doctors, that these are all typical things and I shouldn't be concerned or alarmed. Okay. So we had the vaccine reactions. Um, he had antibiotics for various things. He had antibiotics in the hospital at 18 months um, for a few days, and then he really started to regress. And at what age was he diagnosed? He was diagnosed at three. Okay, and then you mentioned that you were researching for a year, 
And where where did you research? Where did you turn to for information? Google. <laughs> you know, I joke sometimes that I have like a PhD in Google research because uh, the internet I, nowadays it's it's become such a a important tool for for anyone uh, affected by any disorder. And you know, I kept coming across testimonies of families talking about their children getting better. And it just happened that one day my son was having a meltdown and I jumped on the computer again desperate for help. And I came across uh, the same website that I had come across numerous times before. And I, it was Talk About Curing Autism Now, TACA. TACA, uh-huh. Yeah. TACANow.org. Yep, that's it. And I told my family that, okay, we're going to start the diet. That's what we're going to do first. You know, there was all these biomedical treatments that were available and that had been discussed, but at the time we weren't in a position where we could see a Dan doctor and start with all these tests. And I believed, although I, I needed that, that first small step of proof, you know, that first little bit. So we started with diet. And, you know, they say most children give it about three to six months before you can see any real progress. And it took us three to six weeks. And he started talking again, and we had a little bit of eye contact that came back, and his social skills started to improve. And it was, it was all we needed that, that it, it, it showed us that, okay, it's, this is working. There's something here. These families are on to something, and we need to keep moving forward in this what, direction. What about the self-injury? Oh, self-injurious behavior started to decrease because he was able to communicate. A lot of his, his behaviors were due to the fact that he was unable to communicate his wants and needs with us. Do you think that maybe the self-injurious behaviors also decreased because um, the gluten and casein-free diet allowed his gut, for example, not to hurt as much or maybe wasn't creating other physiological effects that promoted self-injury? I'm, I'm sure that has a lot to do with it. You know, at four years old, when we were finally able to get him in with a uh, Dan doctor, she had diagnosed him with irritable bowel disease at four. So I'm sure that with a diet and some, some relief to the gut and, and that pain definitely helped the situation. Okay, so you said that you turned to a DAN doctor, which stands for Defeat Autism Now, and um, what did they test for? Well, we did, you know, we, we discussed with our DAN doctor our concerns, his medical history, and she shared with us what she thought the concerns were, and we were on the same page as far as what we thought was um, was Caden's biggest struggle or hurdles um, with his underlying medical issues, and we both agreed that that uh, you know gut disorders, an overgrowth of yeast and candida in his gut were were playing a role in uh, in a lot of his his struggles as well as uh, bacteria in his gut and and inflammation. So. We were all very concerned of, of the damage in, in his gastrointestinal tract, and we thought that that's where a lot of his problems were stemming from. So we, um, we had decided to, to test his, his blood levels for mercury because I also believed that 
that Mercury had uh, played a, a role in it. What year was Caden born? Caden was born in 2003. Okay. Did he have, um, where do you think he got his Mercury from, and what was the test result? Well, what I believed is that Caden had, Caden had been given two doses of the MMR vaccination, and the reason that I believe this is my husband and I, for the 18-month uh, well baby visit and checkup where they get all their, you know, they that's, that's when they stock them up on their vaccinations is around that 18-month period. And I had taken our son in for the first visit, and I remembered asking what vaccinations they were giving, and the MMR happened to be one of them. Well, I went over this with my husband, and he had to take our son for the follow-up visit for his next round of vaccinations about two weeks later. And they mentioned that they were going to give him the MMR again. And my husband said, well, my wife said that that was on his list of vaccinations that you guys gave him the last time he was here. And they said, oh, no, it's it's not charted. It's not documented here. So we're going to give it to him again. And uh, my husband tried to contact me, although I was working at the time, so I was unable to get, you know, I was unable to answer my phone. And he said, he told me later that, you know, they did give him the MMR. And I said, well, that was the second time. And we went back and looked at the vaccination records and they hadn't oh put it on there. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> All right, let's pick up with this when we come back from break at the Voice America Health and Wellness channel. Uh, thank you to our sponsor, Enzymedica, and we'll be right back. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. The Autism Hope Alliance is dedicated to the recovery of children and adults from autism. The goal of this nonprofit organization is to ignite hope for families facing the diagnosis through education and funding to promote progress today. Diet modification, biomedical intervention, and educational therapy have been shown to be successful tools on the path to recovery. Through these efforts, we believe hope will replace hopelessness. Recovery for our children is a reality. For more information, go to AutismHopeAlliance.org. The Mayan calendar tells us that we will be entering into a 260-day opportunity for us to engage in conscious co-creation with great spirit. How will we prepare ourselves for this exciting and unprecedented time in Earth's history? Peter Tung has dedicated over 20 years of his life's work to exploring that which is beyond understanding. Peter will help increase your awareness and education on this enlightening transformation in consciousness. Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation airs live Wednesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network. In the spirit of Have Couch Will Travel, Dr. Carol Lieberman creates a haven of sanity in an increasingly insane world. Each day we are bombarded with news of events that have never crossed our wildest nightmares. Society is spiraling out of control and everyone is reeling from it. But now there's an answer. The best way to keep sane in this insane world is to tune in to Dr. Carol's Couch on Voice America. Dr. Carol, a certified media psychiatrist, will broadcast live from her Beverly Hills office every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time. Call or log in and get help with whatever is sending you reeling whenever you need a soothing voice to calm and advise you. That's Dr. Carol's Couch every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness.
Welcome back to Autism One, a conversation of hope with your host, Terry Aranga and Kristen Selby Gonzalez. If you have a question or comment, call us toll free at 1-866-472-5792. Now back to the program. Here are Terry and Kristen. Hi, it's Terry back with Amber Clements. And before the break, Amber, you were talking about how your son, Caden, had been given two MMR shots uh, close together, and that is you know, definitely not the way that things are supposed to go. It's not the way things usually go. And um, for, for Caden's history, um, does it seem to you like different vaccine components um, like heavy metals, mercury, or other heavy metals, or, the M- or components of the MMR are things that could be causing the gastrointestinal issues that you were mentioning? You know, I, I do think it's a a collaborative effect of of a lot of different environmental toxins. Uh, you know, I'm not I'm not quite sure what it was exactly. I wish I could pinpoint it. I know that the fillings in my teeth contain mercury, and you know, throughout my pregnancy, because of my blood type, I was Rh negative, and I had to get the Rogam shots. And you know, with his his vaccinations. Um, we believe that one in particular was doubled, although, uh, like I said, when I look back in my records, I did notice that on a sick baby visit, he was also given two vaccines, one being the flu shot. And so I think really uh, it's, it's, a, it's a combination of a lot of things in our environment. You know, was it me? Was it my body that may have, you know, had too many toxins during the time of my pregnancy was it the environment what was it what he came in contact with after birth um, I think that's why it's still such a controversial topic certainly all things to look at and there are things like tipping points like what do children come into the world with but uh, what what's that tipping point for each individual uh, child um, you know certainly a lot of parents have noticed regressions and regressive autism became the most prevalent kind of autism. And probably your mom and my mom had a mouthful of fillings, but mm-hmm. you know, but we did not get autism. Um, so you mentioned the flu shot. Mm-hmm. That's something that could be investigated as to whether um, your child's flu shot had Samarasol in it had mercury in it. I know um, a mom whose son, who was older, regressed into autism after his flu shot. Um, we know that the MMR vaccine does not contain samarasol because that would um, be contraindicated with the the viruses in that particular vaccine. So, um, Amber, what happened after that? Oh, uh, well, we we did. Um, <clears throat> we did chelation with Caden for a short period. What is and chelation for? Chelation is to uh, detox the body of any high levels of mercury or lead. Metal. Okay, so that that suggests that the doctor must have found something like that. In yeah, I don't recall Kaden's what test. his blood test, what the, the levels exactly were, uh, although, you know, it was a concern to, to our Dan doctor. So we did... We did a round of chelation, and my concern at the time, I had been investigating hyperbaric oxygen therapy, and my gut was telling me, 
or my mommy instinct was telling me that hyperbarics was a direction that we we needed to investigate and we needed to to take. And so that became a focus of mine was to get him that therapy in combination with therapies that we had in place for him already, you know, in home services and, and speech services. And I really wanted to take a a, a proactive, collaborative approach. Can, can we go back a little bit? I remember you talking about uh, probiotics and enzymes, and I think you may have even mentioned a specific carbohydrate diet before HBOT. Yes, yes. Uh, we actually, we did the probiotics was something our Dan started immediately upon seeing Kaden, as well as some antifungals and, uh, you know, a list of, uh, you know, uh, multivitamins and fish oils. And, and we had a whole list of things, and our day was mapped out around taking different supplements and minerals. And, and, and that was in a combination, really, with a lot of the treatments that he had been receiving. The specific carb diet, we actually started about... We did a, our first round of hyperbarics in um, the summer of, I want to say, 07, 2006 or 2007. We did our first round of hyperbarics, and that was 40 sessions. And that was before we had begun the specific carb diet. That was after treating him for, for uh some time with uh, some of the other antifungals and probiotics, and 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 hope we were hoping that we would be able to to get his uh, the damage in his gut under control with with you know that approach. And and as like many of our kids, it's it's kind of difficult. So we were able to make some progress, but not enough that the the Dan felt that it was uh, was was enough. So we. We had done the hyperbarics, and she recommended, our Dan recommended that we begin the specific carb diet. And I had done some research because a girlfriend of mine had really wanted to do it with her child. So when it was recommended, my my heart stopped because anybody who's ever done the specific carb diet knows that it's a uh, it's difficult. You can do gluten free, casein free, and that seems difficult in the beginning, but you catch on real quick. And the specific carb is really um, from scratch, there's there's not much that you can purchase at a store that's you know ready to be made. I mean, there's everything from slow cooking foods and fermenting certain products, and everything is done, you know, the grandmother method, as some people would call it. And uh, as a working mom who's also going to school, it was it was quite a handful. But within six months of of following a specific carb diet, we had his his uh, GI tract tested again, and for the first time, uh, his, his test came back. Every, everything was within normal levels. So right, we, a lot. It sounds like he had significant um, gut dysbiosis, and a lot of um, kids who, who may benefit from gluten-free, casein-free, but could go that extra mile uh, with diet, um, benefit greatly from the specific carbohydrate diet, there's a website for that, I believe, www.pecanbread.com. I want to go back over um, some other things you said. You know, we we alluded to the fact that certain vaccine components might facilitate a child ending up with um, a case of uh, 
gut dysbiosis or GI pathology. And um, you mentioned Rogam, and I'd just like to let listeners know that um, they can check and see if the year in which they received Rogam, whether that was um, samarosol-containing, mercury-containing or not. Also, with pertussis vaccines, you can look up the research of Dr. Mary Megson, M-E-G-S-O-N, and find out um, what her research says about G alpha protein defect and what the effects of pertussis vaccine can be. There were problems with whole cell pertussis, but then I've heard that there could even be problems um, with the more recent um, type of pertussis vaccine as well. Please remember that before beginning any significant biomedical intervention for your child or changing any established regimen, um, you should check with your child's overseeing physician who is up to date on all the latest information and follows your child's unique situation and does regular medical monitoring. Amber, tell us what HBOT specifically is for, hyperbaric oxygen therapy, and why that seemed like it would be a good thing to try for Caden. Well, hyperbarics is used for a, a whole host of different ailments, diseases, and disabilities. You know, hyperbarics begin, they begin using the treatment for deep-sea di- divers. And, uh, and it was something that then, you know, they, they had used it for burn victims. And because the pressurized oxy- oxygen is supposed to help promote um, you know, a healthy growth of cells and regenerate cells as well as, you know, promote healing and reduce inflammation, um, whether that's in the gut or brain for, for victims of traumatic brain injury. So there's, there's so many different people and different ailments that, that benefit from it. And our concern was with Caden's gut, obviously, and now that we had been treating it for some time with um, all these antibiotics and anti, or I'm sorry, antifungals, probiotics, and um, you know different different supplements. We thought, okay, now we're we're healing, but how can we promote that healing? How can we reduce some of the inflammation? How can we push this a little bit farther? And uh, so so that's why why we had looked into hyperbarics and what we had looked into it for. And you know, some parents see an increase in language. Uh, with hyperbarics, you know, and and is it because it promotes healing somewhere else? And there is that gut brain, you know, link. Um, it's it's hard to to explain why we get some of the results we get because because our kids have improved in so many different areas that it's it's difficult to, to pinpoint one. But our main focus was to clean up his gut, and the most the the more we did, the the better outcome we saw. Right. The consensus is most doctors start with healing the gut. And we'll pick up with this when we come back to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Thank you to our sponsor, Enzymedica. We'll be right back. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. 
More and more parents of children affected by autism are discovering enzyme therapy as an important part of their treatment program. Digestive enzymes help to break down the foods which may enhance nutrient absorption. Used therapeutically, enzymes can also support the immune system to break down pathogens such as viruses, fungal forms, and bacteria. Enzyme Medica formulates the highest quality of enzyme supplements to address a wide variety of issues. Lacto, a broad-spectrum digestive enzyme focusing on the complete digestion of milk proteins. Gluten Ease, high in DPP-4 activity, known for its ability to help break down gluten. And Virus Stop, an enzyme formulated to assist in the body eliminating pathogens. Enzyme Medica provides the purest enzyme products, free of fillers, anything artificial, and of all common allergens. We are dedicated to education and helping you find the best products for your children. Learn more today at www.enzymemedica.com. To perform at your maximum potential, you need to have all aspects of your life working properly. On Mind, Brain, and Body, Dr. Michael John Kell will bring you honest, open discussions concerning your physical, mental, and financial health. If you're ready to find purpose and meaning in your life, tune in to Mind, Brain, and Body every Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific. Mind, Brain, and Body on Voice America Health & Wellness. Radio dedicated to your health, wealth, wisdom, and purpose. Are you living your vital life? One that is showcasing you at your full potential? There are many issues that stand in the way of most people achieving their full potential. We will discuss these issues and how to overcome them each week on The Vital Life, Awakening Your Full Potential with host Dr. Carolyn Coker-Ross. Living the vital life often requires that we trust our own intuitive voice and that we view illness or life challenges as calls to action to reconnect with the deeper urges of our spirit or soul. Tune in Fridays at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Health & Wellness. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health & Wellness. Welcome back to Autism One, a conversation of hope with your host, Terry Aranga, and Kristen Selby-Gonzalez. If you have a question or comment, call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5792. Now back to the program. Here are Terry and Kristen. Okay, we're back with Amber Clements. And Amber, just to recap, um, you were talking about things that helped your son, Caden, like gluten-free, casein-free diet, specific carbohydrate diet, probiotics, enzymes, and hyperbaric oxygen therapy. What kind of results did you see from the hyperbaric oxygen therapy? Oh, man. We saw, you know, I I will never forget our 20th visit, uh, and and they usually say most kids won't won't, uh, show progress you know, if they're, if if hyperbarics is going to benefit them, you usually won't see anything until after about the 20th se- session. And so I wasn't expecting anything, although I joke sometimes that Caden is like uh, my, my winning lottery ticket because he has made so much progress and, and so many strides with each treatment that we've tried that that I feel he's uh, he's just, he's a lucky kid. And we had been sitting in the waiting room on our 20th visit, and I I was sitting in the chair just outside the pony wall of the play area, and I could hear him playing as he sang the ABCs. 
And for a child who used to get stuck and obsess over um, the letters uh, H-I-J-K-L-M, and he could only repeat those over and over and over again, and the alphabet for him had never been a complete song. And I remember sitting there, and I heard him, and my heart stopped, and I thought, oh, here we go. It's going to be, you know, he's going to hit repeat. And he went through the entire alphabet, A through Z, and I sat there in that chair in the waiting room, and my eyes swelled up, and I just remember thinking, looking around the room, I wanted to jump with joy, but I wasn't quite sure anybody would understand that milestone that we had just hit. And, and you know, I'm sure the girls behind the desk, they probably would have rejoiced with me and knowing why we were there for treatment, but it was... It was one of those moments where I just took it in and, and thought, oh, my goodness, that that was something I'd never heard before, and, and that's where I knew that that what we were doing was, was helping. And, uh, you know, with hyperbarics, like I said, he was our winning lotto ticket. He, he started socializing even more. Um, you know, three, four, five-word phrases turned into complete sentences and conversations, and uh, he's, you know, since then we, we've done two rounds of treatment with, with hyperbarics and, um, we ended up going back the following summer for, for another 40 sessions and have continued diet and, and, and supplements and he, uh, he's now in a general ed classroom with a neurotypical, uh, best friend. Fantastic. So you have used hyperbaric oxygen therapy, supplements, probiotics, enzymes, digestive enzymes, that is, specific carbohydrate diet, gluten-free, casein-free diet, and um, did we cover all of them? Oh, and you did some chelation, too. We did some chelation as well, and, and uh, you know, adjunct, along with, what was that? Adjunct therapies, uh, you were mentioning things like speech or... Yes, we have used some of the traditional in-home ABA, DTT services, as well as the speech and occupational therapies, and, uh, you know, I... I, I think, and we also had to remove a few other things aside from gluten-free, casein-free, and I know you'd mentioned that, you know, seek uh, seek a doctor, a professional, and I would like to point out that when we had tested uh, for, for food sensitivities, we had actually done this, um, and we asked his pediatrician, his mainstream pediatrician, as well as his Dan doctor, and um, two completely different tests as many, uh, you know, on this journey know that there's, you know, they test an, IG, an IgE or an IgA, and um, the test obviously came back different. You know, um, he had no allergies, obviously, but the sensitivities. So there were other food offenders that were removed from his diet uh, along with gluten and casein. Well, it's wonderful to hear how wonderful Caden is doing now. And so this was a self-injurious child who had lost speech um, he, and who had lost being sociable and um, who had gut issues and, and all of that has improved. Mm-hmm. That's one, and, he, and his eye contact, and that's, that's just wonderful. So th- this is really um, what you have done for your child has really inc- increased, improved his quality of life and your family's quality of life. What was it like for your family? Oh, it was life-changing, you know. I mean, it's, it's completely changed my direction in, the, in my career path. 
you know, my husband, who was in denial, uh, you know, when, when we received the diagnosis and would become frustrated and irritated with me for even talking about it with others, has now come on board and, and become an advocate with me and now attends uh, workshops and seminars. And uh, I just put on something last week, and it was really nice to have uh, my husband there with me to talk with other parents and to, you know, finally hear him admit that, that he was in denial and and to be a father there able to help other fathers and encourage them and, and let them know that, you know, from from his own personal experiences of, of, of doubt, you know, that diet might work or, or uh, denial. You know, many fathers have a difficult time believing that there could be something wrong with their boy. And, uh, and so it's been nice that now that I run support groups for other families, I, my husband's been there as a, as, as a support to other fathers, which, which is uh, tremendous in our community because it tends to be our, our mothers that are those go-getters and, and out there advocating. And, and uh, I now have, have my husband who's also offering the same support. Excellent. Well, I know that you got hope when you went to the TACA website, www.tacanow.org. And then I want to thank you for first of all, what you did for your son, Caden, and then the hope that that brings other families, because as my co-host Kristen Selby-Gonzalez says, progress for one child um, gives hope for all, signifies hope for all. So I just want to thank you for for being out there and um, doing this, Amber, and now uh, doing this for other families as well with your advocacy work in the community. Thank you. Are there any other points that we haven't brought out or a take-home message that you'd like to share with parents? You know, I, I would like to say the importance of, of it takes a village. You know, they say it takes a village to raise a child. It also takes a village to recover a child. And having support from family and friends is, is so important. And for parents that feel uh, they don't have a family that are local, or they don't have a large group of, of friends that they believe uh, can be that support or have uh, the experience and knowledge they need. There are so many support groups that if people just reach out and, and you know, TACA and, and organizations like Generation Rescue, uh, they offer parent mentors um, for free. It's a volunteer basis, and, and, you know, having that is so important and that if parents just reach out, They'll find an entire family they never knew existed that that will be that that rock that they need. Absolutely, this this uh, family will share your hopes, your joys, your triumphs, your challenges for your child and on your journey. So, uh, very very good advice to connect with others. Well, thank you, Amber and. To our listeners, my guest next week is Elaine Potter Pearson on the topic of a holistic approach to Down syndrome with autism on a budget. Elaine will be one of 150 speakers at the Autism One Generation Rescue Conference, May 25th through 29th, where registration is free. The website is www.autismone.org. Thank you to our sponsor, Enzymedica, makers of fine digestive and therapeutic enzymes that complement your special diet. And to our listeners, thank you for tuning in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel.
Enza Medica would like to thank you for listening to Autism One, a conversation of hope. For more information, go to autismone.org. Tune in next Tuesday for another hour of education and conversation on Autism One, a conversation of hope with host Terry Aranga and Kristen Selby-Gonzalez.